So, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. My name is Daniel Eduardo, and I know there's a couple of questions that are kind of running through your mind right now. The first one is, oh my goodness, he is genuinely really tall. I am. Um, I'm six foot six and a half. That's my, that's, wow. And then maybe the second question, like, man, did you used to play basketball? I used to play basketball back in the day. I don't have time for that anymore, but basketball is my number one sport. I love it. And then the second question that's running through your mind is, you heard the name Eduardo. And yes, and you're like, yes. And as I'm speaking, you can hear there's a little something in my accent, because there is, is that I am Portuguese. I was, oh, there we go. Uh, I, was, I, was born, I was born in Portugal. I'm son of missionaries. My dad from Angola. My mom from German English. Moved to Portugal to follow the calling of the Lord's missionaries. I was born there. And then I heard of a country that had better weather than what we have in Portugal. So I decided to move to Stockport. And that's where I've been living for the last, I don't know how many years. Uh, which is all jokes aside. I came to come and study and I decided to stay ever since. Uh, but those, anyway, those are the two questions questions that I know that have been kind of running through your minds. Um, like I said, it's a real privilege to, to be able to be here with you, and I'm going to be sharing a couple of things regarding Festival Manchester, and what I'm going to do, which I'm really excited, is to open this book, because this book is alive and it speaks, and I genuinely believe that the Lord would want to speak to us this morning. And my goodness, how good is God? Like, how, how awesome is the fact that we get the opportunity to just sing together. Man, I didn't even know Kalani could sing. I thought he was just a drummer. And then he goes here with his dreads and his mustache, and he's like leading us in the presence of the Lord. I'm like, come on, bro. You're just like a gifted brother. I love it. Uh, but it was nevertheless, it was just great, right, to, to be able to worship together the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that spoke and the world came into existence, and we have this direct access to just worship him. I mean, just even think that the creator of the universe, God, is on the rescue mission to get his kids back home. Yeah. And he allows us, my brothers and sisters, to partner with him on this great yeah, rescue God. mission. Ah! Are you for real? Yeah. We get to partner with the creator of the universe. And I'm like, it blows my mind. But just a kind of a, a bit of a context in terms of Festival Manchester. I've been part of the message for the last... 10 years or so, I've been in one of their bands, one of their missional teams that have been going into schools, telling young people about Jesus. We've had the opportunity to do it all over the UK, all over the world, which has been great. Many times people ask me the question, what is it that you do within the band? And that's always a bit of a complicated answer to answer. I know I run around a lot on stage, I jump up and down, I do a bit of... Okay, okay. I'm a, I'm a beatboxer. That's what I do. It's because I'm not a drummer like Kalani, so I had to kind of develop something. I'm not dissing you the whole morning. I just realized I've mentioned you more times than Jesus, and that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, bro. I need to switch it up. Uh, so that's what I've been doing, which has been a real privilege. But now, more recently, I, I have the opportunity to um, be involved with this incredible mission called Festival Manchester, which is all about seeing the church in the whole Northwest stand together in unity and to step out in faith. What would it look like for the whole church in the Northwest to be the first ones post-pandemic to step out the doors and present this beautiful message of hope, to tell the world that there is hope. And when we're talking about hope... It's not wishful thinking or human optimism, but in the world that is dying, that is drowning in the storms of life, to present this beautiful message of hope that has a very specific name. And what's his name? Jesus. Come on, church. We can do better than that. What's his name? Jesus. To present to a world that is dying and is drowning in the storms of life a message of hope and that hope 
is Jesus. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited that King's Church Manchester is fully involved. Judith, Pastor Judith is actually part of our church delivery team, just trying to engage other churches. How can we really empower and equip churches? And this all stemmed from the first lockdown. Now, as you remember, Boris gave us the announcement that we had to shut everything down. So we shut everything down, and then we thought, maybe after two weeks of lockdown, we can have a little party in the park. Did anyone else think we're just going to have two weeks? I, I was definitely I was like, great, two weeks of holiday, yeah. I get to hang out at home. There was nice weather, all that kind of stuff. But then that kind of grew a little bit longer, a little bit more. So we thought, what if we had a festival for the whole church? Just see the whole church mobilized to love their communities, to go into high schools, to go into prisons, to really proclaim the message of hope, which is Jesus Christ. So that's how Festival Manchester was really birthed. You might remember in 2003, there was another festival in Manchester um, back in 2003 in Heaton Park. Um, the same thing is happening again. So we contacted our friends at, um, in America called the Luis Palau Association. They're like the ninjas when it comes to world festivals. They've been doing it since the 70s. So we said, they said, yes, they wanted to be part of it. And then we contacted some churches around Greater Manchester, and they said, yes, we want to be a part of that. So that's how Festival Manchester was really birthed. So it's a real honor to be able to share with you a little bit. Um, I've got a quick video. It's about three minutes long. That explains in a nutshell what Festival Manchester is all about. So have a look at the screen. We believe in the power of the church to live out and proclaim the gospel. As we come together to pray, serve, and share the good news of Jesus, we believe we can impact more lives than ever before. This is more than a weekend. We believe that United Church will be a catalyst for transformation right across our region. This is the heart, the vision, and the hope of Festival Manchester 2022. Every great move of God begins with prayer, and this is at the heart of Festival Manchester. We want to see the church in our region rise up in prayer like never before. As we passionately pray, we're asking everyone to commit to specifically praying for five of their friends who don't yet know Jesus. Join us and get involved in seeing lives transformed. As we pray, we step out. Kicking off the festival will be a night of prayer, worship, and vision as we come together and ask God to lead us as we go out in service and mission. Word and deed always go together. Love where you live will be a key part of Festival Manchester. As well as proclaiming the good news of Jesus, we'll be heading into communities, transforming streets, meeting needs. We'll work in partnership with local government, the police and other partners as we show love to our neighbours, building long-lasting relationships that draw people closer to Jesus. We don't want anyone to miss out on the opportunity to hear the gospel. So as well as our huge festival, we'll be running build-up events right across the region, including homeless and prison outreaches, events designed for women, business and civic leaders, and so much more. There will also be a comprehensive programme to reach young people in the region's high schools and primary schools. World-class bands and mission teams will work alongside local churches to impact this generation. To make sure no one misses out, we'll be putting significant resources so that everyone can hear about Festival Manchester 2022, building excitement for what we believe could be the biggest mission our region has ever seen. Every step of the way, we'll be equipping and training people in how to share the good news and introduce their friends to Jesus. We'll help them understand their decision, encourage and pray with them and connect them with local churches. And all this climax is from the 1st to the 3rd of July 2022, right here in Withenshaw Park. 
a weekend packed with family-friendly activities, performances from some of the best-known Christian artists, jaw-dropping stunts from world-class athletes, a family fun zone, a skate park, and so much more, all with multiple opportunities every day for people to hear and respond to the gospel. As the church steps out in prayer and action on a scale we've never seen before, we pray this will be just the beginning. We don't just want to see decisions, we want to see lifelong disciples and communities transformed as we propel forward in mission, united as one church. Festival Manchester 2022 is a partnership between the Message Trust, the Lewis Palau Association and hundreds of churches, ministries, organisations and businesses. For more information and to find out how you can get involved, go to festivalmanchester.com. That sounds pretty exciting, right? No, I'm not going to lie, it sounds pretty exciting. From the 1st to the 3rd of July in Withenshaw Park, and see that bit of a celebration. It's, it's a free event. We actually literally, um, this week, we received a contract from Lecrae, so we got Lecrae performing on the Saturday headlining. Hello, okay, yeah, I know, you, you're nodding, I see you. Um, we got Lecrae, we got Matt Redman, we got Kingdom Choir. Uh, we got so many incredible artists, but the main goal of it, every single day, there'll be an opportunity to present who Jesus is, which is beautiful. And I believe that we will see, not hundreds, but I believe we'll see actually thousands of people go from death to life and alive in Jesus Christ. That's what's going to happen. And this is all, again, in partnership with the local church. We are doing an extensive work around high schools. We actually booked over 70 high schools to go where our bands from The Message and Light Like LZ7 and Saints will be going in, presenting the good news of Jesus, utilizing uh, creative arts as a way to engage with young people. We, we having loads of stuff. Seeing Every single street prayed for. And I believe that that's something that we can all join in, praying for our streets. But one of the build-up events that we're having, and I'd love to invite you all to come along to it, is happening next Saturday, 2nd of April. There's a 2 p.m. and a 7 p.m. session. Now, this is a prayer and worship event, as you can see on stage, on, on the screen. We've got Jake Isaac, Tim Hughes, Pete Gregg, um, and many others coming to share with us. This is an opportunity to hear in full detail what Festival Manchester is all about. It's an opportunity for you to hear about the lineup. It's an opportunity for you to sign up for volunteering, to sign up for our prayer uh, card strategy that we're going to be sharing on on Saturday. And each ticket costs £5. You can buy them online, festivalmanchester.com. But because you are a partner church, if you go on the website and you click uh, buy tickets and you put the word partner church as a code, you get free tickets. And we're giving 20 free tickets to King's Church Manchester. So if you're up for that, come along. It's going to be, honestly, it's going to be an incredible time of the whole church just gathered together and praying and seeking God. And I'm generally really excited um, to see what God is going to be doing in our region and to see the aftermath as well, just to see more churches working together, reaching the last, the least, and the lost. Um, there's different ways that you can, can join in. Um, if you want to volunteer and find out more information, got a little stand at the back. Um, got one of these cards. They're like partner cards. You can fill out with your details, your email address, your home address, and your phone number, and we'll be able to get in contact with you and just kind of share more information with you. Um, if you want to pray for us, please do pray, and I feel like every single person can do that. There's an app that we're utilizing called Oikos, O-I-K-O-S. Just look at it on Apple Store, and then you'll be able to join the Festival Manchester team, and you'll be able to just go around the streets praying, which I believe that many of you are already doing. And then if you want to stand with us financially as well, um, there's some sign-up forms over there at the back. That'll be a real blessing to us and the whole church in the Northwest as well. But every time, you know, when I'm thinking about this particular mission, and I don't know about you guys, but so many times I can get distracted or can get so zoned out with what the stuff that 
I'm doing that I actually forget the bigger picture. Does anyone ever kind of feel the same? Uh, and sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, it's always important to kind of just go back to basics, go back to what the Lord is saying. And there's this passage, even this morning I was reading, I was like, ah, when I read this, this is the reason why I'm like, I'm being placed on this planet. This is the reason why I am alive. And every time I read it, I kind of well up. I'm like, ah, come on, Jesus, you are awesome. Um, so my prayer for you this morning is that your eyes will be lifted up from your situation onto Jesus and that your eyes will be focused on Jesus. And my prayer, you'll be like so fired up. You'll be like, ah, let's go and change the world in Jesus' name. This is all about seeing God's kingdom advance. It's not about us trying to build our own little castle, our own empire. Nah, man. That's not worth it. It's all about seeing the kingdom advance, the King of kings and the Lord of lords be glorified. So if you do, you have your Bibles with you. If you like to open them or if you want to turn them on, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's, it's, it's probably one of, my, one of my favorites. Just kind of brings me back every single time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to start on, on, on verse 14. And this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And this is all about the ministry of reconciliation. This is what Paul is talking about. And this is what he says, starting on verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore all died. And I actually want to just pause there for a second. I love that Paul says, for Christ's love compels us. You see, so many times when we think about evangelism, so many times when we think about sharing our faith and, and going out and just even having those conversations, so many times it can feel like a, a big kind of scary thing or we have our arm twisted behind our back and we actually force them like we, we are made to go out and share. But the reality is that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that actually it's, 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 it's the love of Christ. It's Christ's love that compels us. It's because of Christ's love that we go. It's because we love Jesus so much that we can't just keep it to ourselves. This beautiful news, this beautiful gospel, we cannot just keep it to ourselves, but we need to go out. We need to go into our communities, into our families, into our streets, and, and, and share this amazing love of Jesus. We love Jesus so much, and because we love Jesus so much, we love people so much. That's how it works. We love Jesus, we love people. We love Jesus, we love people. We have been a target of God's incredible, amazing grace, of God's incredible love. My goodness, brothers and sisters, we can't just keep this to ourselves, but we need to go. We need to go. It's Christ's love that compels us to go. And the beautiful thing about that whole thing is that we don't go in our own strength. We go in the power of the Spirit. When, when we, all it takes is that, that one step of faith. Where's my brother that was talking about faith? There he is. All it takes is that one little step of faith to be like, come on, God, I'm being obedient to you. This is kind of scary. It's freaking me out a little bit. But I'm going to do it because I love you so much. And I love people, and I want to be obedient to what you call me to do. I'm going to step out in faith. And brothers and sisters, flip and heck, imagine what happens when we step in faith. Imagine if the whole church in the Northwest did that. Instead of joining in the Bless Me Club and just like all about inward looking, what if the whole church decides like, you know what, let's give us a shot. Let's open our doors. Let's go out. Imagine the transformation that would happen in our society. Imagine the transformation that would happen in our culture. You know, programs are good. You know, what the government does is cool. You know, there's some cool <laughs> stuff out there. But the reality is, if we want to genuinely see transformation in our community, in our city, it's the gospel. 
It's the good news of Jesus that brings transformation. That is true life. See, everybody thinks that because they're breathing, they're living. But the reality is just because you breathe doesn't mean that you live. You exist. Everyone exists. Everyone that walks on this planet exists. But not everyone is living. What does Jesus say in John 10.10? The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come. Exactly. I've come to give life so that they may live life to the full. If we, brothers and sisters, if we want to live life to the full, that's with Jesus. And our job, what we need to do, see, help people go from mere existence to truly living. And that is through Jesus. Real transformation happens through the gospel. And then Paul carries on saying this, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in the way, we do so no longer. Therefore, hallelujah, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That's what the gospel does. It brings genuine transformation. Whoever's in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. And brothers, this this is what's happened with us. We have become new creations, new minds, new hearts, new hands, new actions. We no longer identify ourselves with our past or our sinful nature, but we are now adopted sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are new creations. So when we go, when we are compelled by Christ's love to go out there, we are presenting this opportunity for people to be new creations. That's what it is. No longer to be existing or being zombies, but to be truly living. And that comes through Christ Jesus. And we all love that, don't we? We love the whoever's in Christ is a new creation. Because we're like, yeah, hallelujah, that was me. Yeah, I identify with that. Yes, we are new creations. Thank you, Jesus. But then Paul carries on. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So check this out. We have become new creation in Christ Jesus. We are, we are new people, new minds, new hearts, new hands, new everything. And it doesn't just stop there. Paul then goes on to say that we have been reconciled with the creator of the universe. We were at odds with God. We were enemies of God. We were at odds But because of Christ Jesus, we have been reconciled. We have been reconnected with the creator of the universe, which every single time blows my mind that, oh my goodness, what? Yes, God, the almighty God, the good God that we've been singing about, we have been reconciled to him. We've been reconnected with God, but it doesn't stop there. And then he tells, Paul says that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation, We are the ones that God is sending out into this world to bring this beautiful message of reconciliation. We are these heralds of good news. And the thing is, God being God could very easily, I guess, you know, send a whole bunch of angels. Send a whole bunch of angels and make people kind of freak out a little bit and be like, oh, no, God is real. No, please forgive me. Boom. He could. I don't know. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Or he could just click his fingers and then make everyone reconcile to the Father. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. But no, what he does, he utilizes new creations, people like you and people like me, people with our faults and failures, with our mess ups and all that kind of stuff. And he says, you know what? I'm empowering you to be my minister of reconciliation. I'm empowering you to be the one 
to go out and to be my mouthpiece, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in the world that is desperate to know who Jesus is. You see, the psalmist says in Psalm 41 verse 1, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. We all know that verse, right? I love that. And it's true. You know, the psalmist, I believe, was talking about his relationship with God. But in reality, is I, I think that that is a reality that everyone experiences. Everyone, as the deer pants for water, so his song looks for him, everyone within their hearts are longing for something. They're searching for something. And there's this thought of, like, if I do this, then the other, if I have this successful career, if I have this job, if I have this boyfriend or girlfriend or house, or if I get a whole bunch of NFTs, or if I get a whole bunch of cryptocurrency, then I'll be truly satisfied, and I'll be truly happy and successful. And the reality is that will bring a kind of momentary satisfaction, but it will, it will never fill the void within us. The thing that we're longing for, the person that we're looking for is Jesus. That's who we are truly looking for. That's who we are searching. And what's our jobs, brothers and sisters? It'd be like John the Baptist. You know that story when John is on the middle of the river, mid River Jordan, and then Jesus just kind of cruises by? And what does he do? He points to Jesus. Ah, he's the one. As a whole bunch of people were coming to John, he goes, no, 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 that's the one. That's the one that takes the sins of the world. He's the one. He's the one. Our job, brothers and sisters, is to point people to Jesus. That's our job. He's the one that brings true life, true satisfaction, true joy, true peace, true hope. That is through Christ and Christ alone. And then he carries on this, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are ambassadors of God. We, an ambassador always represents one of the things I wanted to be as a kid. Um, I was one of those kids. I wanted to be a paleontologist to start off with. I love dinosaurs. I'm slightly obsessed with dinosaurs. Um, I wanted then, as I grew up, I wanted to be an archaeologist. So I went from paleontology to archaeology. And then after that, I said, you know what? I want to go into politics and history because uh, I genuinely wanted to be an ambassador. I wanted to represent my nation, Portugal. I thought it was pretty glamorous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I wanted to live in another nation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and what does an ambassador do? Obviously, I did not do that in the end. Uh, I ended up doing drama and theater arts which is very different to, to going into politics, although there might be some similarities there. Um, hey, we ain't getting political here, guys. Come on now. We're not getting political. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Um, but what does an ambassador do? An ambassador represents the kingdom, the sovereign state from which they come from. We do that. We represent a sovereign state, a kingdom like none other where the king is not just a random king, but is the king of kings. Yeah. The king that sits on the throne, who is lord of lords. The king for whom all things, by whom all things, and through whom all things were created. The king who is the image of the invisible God, like it says in Colossians. The true king of kings. And when we go into a different place, when we go into our culture, into our society, we are representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are ambassadors. And God calls each and every one of us to be ambassadors. You see, we so often think that this is just for the elite. 
just for the super special ones, the super spiritual ones. But the reality is, I believe that this call of being ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors, Christ ambassadors, I believe that it is a call for every single person in this room. For everyone that calls themselves followers of Jesus, we have all been called to be ministers of reconciliation. And God is making his appeal through us. Be reconciled. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about King of Kings that loves you, that gently cares about you, that brings you peace. So many of us are feeling chaos in our lives, storms. But who is the Prince of Peace? Jesus. We were made for peace and not chaos. And the gospel generally really works. A friend of mine always says this, that there is no plan B. There's only one plan. That's the gospel. And the gospel is spread through people like you and people like me. And you know what? This stuff generally really works. I'm the fruit of it. 1984, my mom, living in London, working in the city, had a pretty successful job, career going on. She was loving herself. She was on the throne of her heart, did not love Jesus. And then one day, uh, a friend of hers who had been praying for her, uh, invited to go, her to go to an event that was happening at QPR Stadium. Now, this event, um, it had been going on for, for a whole week or something like that. And it was a Christian event. Now, my mom was like, man, it's Christian. It's going to sound weird and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but decided to go. It was a free event. So she finished work one day. She puts on her suit, her little briefcase, and then they start going, and then they go to this QPR event. The QPR event happens. There's some singing. There's some worship. And then all of a sudden, there's a small Argentinian man that kind of runs on stage. His name is Luis Palau. So Luis Palau was on stage. And then he opens the scriptures, and he starts preaching the gospel. And then what happens? There's an invite to follow Jesus. And as she, hurry, as she hears the invitation to follow Jesus, what does she do? She says, oh my goodness, I need to do this. She says that the whole stadium went quiet. And the whole stadium went bright as well. And she knew at that point she needed to give her life to Jesus. So she goes running into the middle of the pitch. And she surrenders her life to Jesus. Five years later, she meets my dad, a missionary from Angola in East London, witnessing to the Muslim community out there. They fall in love, uh, they get married, they move to Portugal, they start a ministry out in Portugal. Um, I come along later, they introduced me to Jesus. For the last nine, ten years or so, I've had the opportunity to, with a band and in other contexts as well, to just to travel around and to introduce thousands of people to Jesus. And then see some of those young people introduce other people to Jesus. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because that is just the nature of the gospel. Yeah. The gospel seed, once it's planted, explodes like wildfire. It just naturally multiplies. It can never stay contained in one place. It just brings transformation because of that one guy. Maybe he fancied my mom. I have no idea. But maybe just because of that one guy that invited my mom to an event, had been praying for her faithfully, invited my mom to an event, the gospel seed was planted. The gospel seed then was planted someone else in me, in young people, so on and so forth. The gospel seed naturally multiplies. It can never stay contained. 
what would it look like, brothers and sisters, for us to really be like, ah, enough is enough. I ain't stopping anymore. I'm not going to be stood still anymore. I'm going to stand up, be obedient, because I love you, Jesus, and I love the world out there, and I want to see them change. I'm going to be one of the guys or the girls that will step out in faith. I have no idea. I kind of stutter a little bit. I've got a weird accent. It don't matter, because we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We open our mouths, and then the Lord does the rest. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts people of sin, by the way. It don't fit. Don't feel like you need to try to come with eloquent words or certain words or like strategies. No. Know the gospel. Know who Jesus is. Chat with people. That's literally it. And you allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. And my prayer is, God, come on, Lord. Would it be? Would it be like through Festival Manchester where we just see something that we've never seen before? Would we see genuinely the whole church in the Northwest? Would we see King's Church be like, ah, I, we need to do something in our communities. We need to do something in our schools. We need to do something in our workplaces. Let's bring this beautiful transforming message of the cross. That Jesus died, that Jesus rose. And Jesus is alive and Jesus is King. And I love it that he utilizes people like you and like me. With our faults and our failures, with our little quirks and all that kind of stuff, he utilizes. I know this is sounds this sounds really cheesy, and I want to apologize in advance for how cheesy this sounds. But God utilizes the ordinary and then sprinkles a little something, something special on it and makes it extraordinary. He adds the extra. All he's looking for is a heart that is ready to be like, ah, let's go. So as I, as I wrap up, I would love to pray for us. And I'll call, I would love to call Kalani. And, sorry, brother, I don't know your name. Yanni. And Yanni, if you can if you just come as we then go into, into a response time and then worship together for song. But I want to do two things here. And I, I'm an evangelist. I'm not going to lie. I, I, that's what I love. I, I just love telling people about Jesus. I really, really do. And, you know... I know we in the church is a Sunday morning, it's Mother's Day, and it would just be weird for me to be talking about being a minister of reconciliation, not, not giving an opportunity for people to be reconciled to the Father. It would be weird for me to come and talk about the power of the gospel and the transforming uh, power that it has and not give an opportunity for people to be like, ah, yes, that's what I've been looking for. I've been living for myself, and I'm going to do that. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give an opportunity for people to respond to follow Jesus. And... As I've been speaking, you've been like, maybe some of you have been like, oh, this, is, this is me. I need to be reconciled to the Father. I need, to be, I need my relationship to be restored with the Father. I've been living for myself. I've been the king or the queen of my own life. I've only given God 10%. Man, if you're only giving God 10% or 20% of your life, he ain't Lord at all. He is Lord of all or not Lord at all. He has to be Lord of every single area of your life. And this is an opportunity for, to submit. Just be like, you know what, God, I choose you. So I'll ask everyone to close their eyes. And again, this is an opportunity for you before the Lord to say, yes, I'm done with this. And the story is pretty simple. God loves you. God says that you are unique with special value and with purpose, that you are here for a reason. But we rebelled against God. We put the two fingers up at God and said, we don't need you in my life. I want to live for myself. And because of that rebellion against God, sin came into the world. And because of sin, the wages of sin are death. So because of sin, death came into the world. Now, humanity has tried to fix that problem ever since, thinking like, if I do certain things, if I pray a certain amount of times during the day, if I 
do a headstand and pray and face a certain direction, then all of a sudden I'll be in a relationship with God, but that's not how it works. God provides a solution, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but live forever. Jesus Christ, God steps out of heaven onto earth with skin on, lives among us, lives a perfect life, a life that we couldn't live. At the end of his life, he dies on the cross. This beautiful exchange that happens on the cross. Jesus' death gave us life. He says, it is finished. It's complete. Done. But the story doesn't end there. Because three days later, Jesus came back to life. Death couldn't stop him. The grave couldn't hold him down. Jesus is alive. And I'm not going to like King's Church. I thought that when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, there'll be a bit more of a, a vibe going on in the room. I think there'll be more of a, a clapping and a celebration because Jesus is alive. So I'm going to try that one more time. See, but the story doesn't end there because three days later, Jesus came back to life. See, death couldn't stop him. The grave couldn't hold him down. Jesus is alive. And it gives us all an opportunity to have true life. Come to Christ. Every person that's ever lived has to make the same choice. It's either the world or it's Christ. Everyone has to make that decision. Even if you decide not to make that decision, that is a decision in and of itself. That's deciding not to follow Jesus. Jesus did everything at the cross. The only thing we need to do is repent, which means you go in one direction, woo, switch it up, and go a different direction. We go from being part of the problem to being part of the solution. And there's an invitation for every single one of us to choose life, to choose Christ, to follow Christ. So on the count of three, if that's what you want to do, I want you to do something brave, and I'm going to ask you to pop your hand up in the air. And this is you saying before the Lord, God, I'm choosing to follow you. I submit myself to you. I choose to be a Jesus follower. One, two, three. If that is you, would you put your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. church let's pray together can we do that just say dear Jesus come on we can do way better than that dear Jesus I'm sorry I've sinned against you but thank you that you love me thank you that you died for me and today I choose to live for you thank you that you are alive and you are king in Jesus name amen can we just give a round of applause for those people that responded? That's incredible. And the last thing, I know I'm at 27 minutes right now. I'm so sorry. The last thing I want to do, as you've been hearing about this ministry of reconciliation, and you're like, you know what? It's time for me to step up. It's time for me to be a minister of reconciliation. And maybe even using Festival Manchester as a launch pad to be a minister of reconciliation. I'm going to ask you and invite you, if, that's, if you're saying, I want to be that, a real ambassador, a real reconciler, I'm going to ask you to stand with me before the Lord and say, this is me, this is it now. Not playing any games. I'm choosing to be a minister of reconciliation. Would you stand with me? Maybe even can you put your hands in the front, in front of you, just as if you're receiving a gift. I'd love to pray for us. And then Kalani can lead us in worship. Lord, we are here before you. We say, here I am. 
here we are, use us, send us. Here I am, use me, send me. Thank you that there is no shame. In the past where shame tried to kind of hold us down or embarrassment, that is gone. We go in the power of your spirit. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes, first the Jew and then the Greek. There is power in the gospel. So Father God, you see our hearts, Lord, and we say, send us, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to go by ourselves, but we go in the power of your Spirit. May we seize the opportunities that you give us this week for your glory in Jesus' name.